Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Well, welcome to Dilly Ding, Dilly Dong, the Leicester Mercury's Leicester City podcast. I'm Rob Tanner. Joining me again today is James the Sharp and Sharp. All right. And although it's obviously closed season, uh, there's still plenty to discuss yeah. revolving around Leicester City. Before we get underway, just like to remind you, Beer 52, I know everybody's drinking beer at the moment with the World Cup on, but if you want to drink it for free, head over to beer52.com, use the tagline Leicester to register, and you can be joined eight beers from around the world, and all you've got to do is pay the post, you pack in. Now, before we get on to the World Cup, let's talk about some Leicester City business, um, and they've been getting the business done quite yeah. early, three New yep. signing to latest being James Madison. What have you made of that one, James? Yeah, three in now. So Ricardo Pereira, Johnny Evans and James Madison. And it all seems really logical. Like It seems we've had a few, couple of summers where it's all been a bit frantic and a bit desperate. Uh, now it seems like Leicester are signing players to fill gaps in the squad that we all knew there were. So we've always known... The, the right back has been a bit of an issue for Leicester and Claude wants his uh, right backs to be attacking he's signed Ricardo Pereira that fills that gap we've always known that Wes Morgan's body is catching up with him and, and they've needed centre back um, cover with hopefully Premier League experience under their belt Johnny Evans ticks that box and as we've seen last season Claude Puel has been desperately searching for a number 10 to play in that role behind Vardy he's tried Okazaki there he's tried Gray there he's tried Mara's there, he's tried. Diabati there, he's tried. Uh, Ian Acho there, there. Yeah. and he's tried everyone there. And the only one who really had that much of a, uh, a positive influence in that position was Ian Acho at the end of that season. So now, in Madison, Leicester have signed a number 10 who is creative, scores goals, scored 15 goals for Norwich last season, 11 assists. That They're great numbers, and it's exciting, and, and the fans, rightfully, are pretty excited well I think they should be as well I mean Madison is a, a young prospect again it's going to take a bit of time to adjust to the Premier League it's going to be a step up for him from Norwich I, he had a great season for them at uh, Dini last season at Carrow Road but this yeah. is going to be a step up so uh, I think City fans need to be a little bit patient with him uh, to start with but from what we've seen he is a talent and I spoke to his former academy coach yeah. uh, today and he said Leicester fans are going to love him he's forward thinking he's positive he's always driving at defences uh, he's always looking to play the ball forward uh, it, they've been, as you said, they've been looking for someone to link those two holding centre midfield players, and they did Ian Abora or whoever. Paul picks, but those two were the yeah. ones that generally played there. And that Jamie Vardy role, somebody with, with a football brain who's going to look for space, look for holes. I always said Mares would be was the best one, but they never seemed to want to play yeah. him there. Always wanted to play him wide. Um, but um, now they've got Madison in, it looks like a, a really uh, hot prospect for City. He's not come cheap. As young English talent never does. No, about uh, 22 rising to 24. Four, that's what we understand, but it's still an undisclosed fee, yeah. as they always say. I mean, that would make him, I think, the most expensive championship player ever, I think. It's a lot of outlay, <clears throat> but if Leicester get the player they think they're going to get with potential, it's money well spent, isn't it? Well, it takes the spending to nearly £50 million so far, which is, you know, they pledged to re continue to reinvest yeah. in the squad. 
and they've certainly been true to the word so far. I mean, we're only like midway through June now, and uh, already we've got three players on board, £50 million spent, the best part of. Um, I think now uh, it's going to be a time when they're going to have to start balancing the books a little bit in terms of bodies, numbers, because you can only carry so many in a Premier League squad, and yeah. there's certainly a number of players that finished second half of last season out on loan that their futures are going to be... Is that the key now, do you think, now? Um, I'm, we're assuming that they're looking for another centre-back, uh, and we might see a few more signings in, Mares replacements potentially. Is now the thing at the top of John Rudkin's in-tray, or whoever's in-tray, to start chopping away the, 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 the dead wood, really? I, I think so. I think you, you will probably see a few more departures now. Uh, than incomings uh, over the next few weeks, certainly during while the World Cup's on. Um, there's a number of players' futures that have got to be um, sorted out. and uh, it's loan players for a start. Well, yeah, I mean, you think Leo, Joe, Islam, Slamani. We know that Ahmed Moose has uh, obviously generated interest in Turkey with Kalatasaray being linked. His agents confirmed that uh, they're in talks about another loan. So whether City want a loan or do want yeah. to cash in on Moussa. Uh, Andy King as well um, he appeared to say goodbye to City when he joined Swansea and I think if Swansea had stayed up yeah. he probably would have made that move permanent so what's the future for Andy King as well I think they, all these issues now have got to be uh, addressed And I, but I wouldn't rule out more incomings I mean Dragovic there's a deal on the table to be done for Dragovic for City to sign him permanently after his um, loan spell from Bayer Leverkusen there's a number of other clubs uh, having a sniff mm-hmm. around and there's been talks held with Everton West Ham Brighton. So um, it's not surprising though, is it? Because from what the from the the small bits we saw of him, <coughs> he looked he looked decent. It looked like he could, with even more time, step up to Premier League action. Well, if they got Dragovic in as well, how about the options in terms of shape? You could play three centre backs. So I mean, you could always play that with Wes yeah. as well. But um, with three young dynamic. Oh, I wouldn't say young Johnny Evans, sorry. Yeah. Uh, with uh, three solid centre backs like those three, then you know, you've well, I've got plenty of options. Well, we've got um, a store on our website where we'd usually do like, predict your t- uh, pick your team for the for the games where we're doing it now with the players left to brought in, the players they've been linked with, the players who are coming back from loan, pick your kind of dream team. I've just done one before we started this, and I kind of picked it in like, that England formation, and three at the back looks really good. Like Dragovic and Evans and Maguire. Evans there with the experience keep is keeping things there and Maguire can drive forward Chilwell and Pereira both attacking wing backs and Didi in that anchor role that Jordan Henderson was playing and you can play then you've got choices then you can either play Madison and Silva in front of them with Ian Acho behind Vardy or you can play Ibora and, uh, Ibora and Silva with Madison in front and then Vardy so three at the back I think looks like a really good option for Leicester next season but they need more defensive cover to play that system Mm. Um, otherwise really uh, they're going to be short on numbers again if they start picking up suspensions and injuries like they did in the second half of the season Uh, getting on to another possible departure um, Riyad Mahrez everybody's been waiting to hear news on Riyad Mahrez it's been uh, a hot piece of topic of conversation now since the end of the season everybody was expected his move to Manchester City to go through the latest is that they're still no closer to an agreement. Manchester City think Leicester City are playing hardball on their fee. Leicester City have dug their heels in the same. Look, just our attitude hasn't changed since January when we rejected Man City's yeah. uh, bid there. They're going to dig their heels in. They want market value for, for Riyad Mahrez. He's still got two years left on his contract. Uh, but Man City uh, are prepared to walk away again. So we could have a repeat of the scenario we had in January just before the start of the season. That would be a disaster, wouldn't it? Is that, is that good for anyone? I mean... From speaking from a fan's point of view, I would be more than happy to 
hold on to I want to hold on to Rafa for as long as possible to enjoy him at the club for as long as possible. But then you do have to think about it sensibly and, and think, is all that turmoil worth it again? Because we saw in January Leicester were flying before that happened. The whole Mares saga explodes and the wind is just taken out of Leicester's sails then and they go on that really poor run of draw of drawing against mediocre sides at home and that's when we saw the start of the plummet. I'm not blaming it all on Riyadh, but that had a huge effect on Leicester's momentum. We've already spoken on previous podcasts about how important the start of the season is, especially for Claude Poirier. Yeah. Exactly. Can he? Can he really? Will he really want to have to start off a hugely important start of the season with this whole circus surrounding Riyadh Mahrez again? I don't. As much as I want to keep him, is that really good for anyone? I think it's a case of who's going to blink first because everybody's quite confident. Talking to agents, talking to. Uh, people around clubs, they, they're quite confident this deal's still going to go through. Well, we thought it was going to get done straight away. Exactly, yeah, but they still haven't agreed that fee. So Man City think that Leicester City will buckle. Leicester City think Man City will buckle and, and do what they've done in the past and throw the money at at the deal to get it over the line. Because they, they do want him. They do want Mares, but they're not going to be held to ransom, they say. Whereas Leicester City say, that's a going rate for a player of ours. And in the middle, in between, is his agent going back and forth trying to broker the deal? I mean, there's no direct conversations between Leicester City and Man City. It's all through through the agent at the moment. So, I think something's got to give in this deal. It's still a long time to go to the start of this season, but I, you know, I think it still will happen. But yeah. at the moment, it's not looking like they're making any progress whatsoever. Where does where does poor old Patrick Roberts fit into all of this? Well, we keep reading that he's been thrown into the mix as well. Poor old Patrick must wonder what's going on. It's his future they're talking about. Um, whether the James Madison deal now would affect that. Yeah. Whether the James Madison getting on board at Leicester City now would... Leicester City like, just want a cash deal. And uh, perhaps they will call their interest on Patrick Roberts. Uh, we don't know that at the moment. But um, I certainly think that would be a factor. But yeah. uh, it's one to watch, isn't it? And it gives us more... It gives more to write about. More to write about between now. But not that we haven't got a lot to write. Yeah, I've seen this... Uh, link there. Segue into some World Cup action. World Cup. Yeah, the World Cup's underway. We've seen every team now. We're into the second yep. round of games in the group stages and we've seen seven Leicester City players. That's a historic moment. Isn't it, it is. So Adrian Silva came off the bench uh, for Portugal um, in their victory yesterday. That took it up to seven players, Leicester City players representing their country at a World Cup. In the entire history of the club, before this competition, this tournament in Russia, Leicester had only ever had six represent the club, represent their countries while a Leicester player. In the whole entire 130-odd year history of this club, and then in one tournament, we've had more. And we still potentially could have three left. So Jamie Vardy still hasn't come off, the, hasn't played for England. Johan Benelouan hasn't played for Tunisia yet. And Ricardo Pereira still hasn't played for Portugal, and they've already played two games. You would imagine that Vardy would get a, a, some minutes so far in this World Cup. I'd expect him to get some um, So we could be up to eight out of potential ten. I mean, what... It just shows just how far Leicester have come. I know it's a cliche and we say it all the time, but it just proves how Leicester have gone from being a normal uh, middle-of-the-road club to a worldwide international team that is just fit to burst with... World Cup stars, yeah. and it's been contrasting fortunes for the Leicester players, hasn't it? I mean, yeah. so, I mean, Shinji Okazaki come off the bench, and Japan get an unlikely victory. That's yeah. a great start for them. Uh, Portugal with that win, uh, Silver and uh, and Pereira in their squad, that puts them one foot in the second round. It, it? it does, but it, 
but Admin, right, so. Admin Silver might regret picking up that that late yellow card. So for those who didn't watch, stick with us here. This complex. Yeah. So for those who didn't come off, for those who didn't watch it, Silver came off the bench for the last minute and injury time uh, of their of their win. Uh, he picked up a yellow card. Now that means that Spain and Portugal have both drawn one game and won one game. They drew with each other three all, and they both won their second game one nil. So it's the same games played, same games won, same goals scored, same goals conceded, same goal difference, everything. So if the, if the next if their final game ends in the same result, it would be the differential between the two will be on the fair play award. And Portugal have picked up one more yellow card than Spain, and that yellow card is Adrian Silver. So Adrian Silver's yellow card could potentially be the difference between. Spain or Portugal finish first and second, or if Spain and Portugal both lose and Iran win, it could be the difference between Portugal potentially not even qualifying. But we hope it doesn't get that far. We hope you all followed that. Yeah, <laughs> uh, stick with us on that one. Um, also, let's talk about Harry Maguire. England yeah. got off to a great start. Um, first twenty minutes, we were saying. I mean, I've not been that impressed with some of the performances, no. some of the sides in this tournament. But I thought for the first 20 minutes, England looked excellent. And Maguire earned a lot of uh, praise for his performance. Yeah, I thought he did really well. Now, I know it, a, a few people are saying, well, we had a couple of nervy moments where misplaced a few passes in dangerous areas uh, at the beginning, which he did. And he admitted that in his, po- in his post-match interview where he said, look, it's my first World Cup game. I was a little bit nervous. So there were a few nervy passes. But I think what's positive about that is he didn't he didn't then shy away from it. The first one he misplaced, it was then he that tracked back and made that block at the end to to stop the shot and then he had the the corner clear. But he never let that affect his confidence and we saw in the second half he was constantly driving forward. Um his passing between the lines was really impressive and something that was really important against a team that sits back like Tunisia. And in the box, he was just... I mean, it helps when you've got a massive head like Harry's got. <laughs> but everything that came into the box, Tunisia couldn't deal with him at set pieces. And it was his header that eventually, his flick on, that, that allowed... England looked particularly strong at set pieces. Yeah, I mean, it, it helps when Harry Kane's, well, yeah. well, Kane's not taking corners and he's standing in the box ready to mop up any rebounds. But I, I thought Maguire did really well, actually, and it really impressed me. And he's just going to go from strength to strength. This is his first taste of the big stage. And he showed that he belongs there. Yeah, the, the one dark cloud over that is though, if he continues to perform like that, there's already been reports this morning that Manchester City and Liverpool and anybody else will be watching on and thinking they can entice him away with the offer of Champions League football. It's always the dark cloud when a Leicester City player yeah. perform well on the international stage. That is a worry because he's showing that he is good enough to do that. And we, Leicester fan, when we spoke to the Hall Daily Mail when he first signed they were all saying look he doesn't look like a footballer it all looks a bit wrong and he's this big lumbering but when he gets the ball at his feet he is quality and we saw that really quickly well he came through as a midfielder didn't he so, yeah. and, that, and that's why he's so yeah and we, we saw it didn't take as long to, to see his talent shine through and now England and the, the world essentially are seeing that come through as well so it always it, it's not surprising that there's a lot of interest around him Two things in, in Leicester's favour though is that one, Leicester have no need to sell him. Leicester don't need the money. Leicester can play hardball like they did with Riyadh last year. There's there's no desperate requirement to sell. And also, 
from speaking to Harry Maguire and, and you spoke to him at the, the media day and I, I was speaking to him before that and during the season he seems very conscious and aware that he came to Leicester from Hull and he's now a World Cup player and that Leicester have helped develop him that's one of the reasons he picked Leicester yeah and he said that when he first joined he said I picked Leicester because I think that they are a club that can help me realise my World Cup dream and he's gone on and done that and I I think he must be he must be grateful for Leicester for that and so I'm hoping you'd like to hope that if someone does come sniffing around Harry will think about what Leicester have given him and also how Leicester's trajectory is going up and maybe he, he could feel that he could achieve all those dreams with Leicester well, there's another uh, Leicester player that's had a decent start to the World Cup, Casper Smeichel. Yeah. He was asked about his father. I don't oh. like he hates it. But uh, he was asked about because he broke his yeah. father's record for Denmark for um, um, minutes without conceding a goal. And typical Schmeichel fashion, he played it all down, didn't he? Yeah, he said, well, I've not, I've, I spoke to my dad, but we've not, we've not really mentioned it. And clean, weren't aware of it. He said he yeah, weren't aware of it. Of course he was. Yeah. Um, and clean sheets are... are they're a bit of a misleading statistic because you can play really well and can see one goal or you can have nothing to do and, mm. and keep a clean sheet. So, yeah, true Casper fashion, played it down a little bit. But no, he's, he's done well. I mean, he, he, the first game he played, he made some, he made some really, really good saves and, yeah, he, he likes being on the big stage, doesn't he, Casper? And he, he's performing really well. The, the, the three lads, though, the three Leicester City lads that World Cup hasn't really started particularly well for at the moment, the Nigerian boys. Yeah. Uh, they might have the best kit in the tournament. Uh, yeah. <laughs> sold out. You try to I get it. Yeah. You can get one. Uh, but Wilfred Didi, Akron Musa, and uh, Kelechi and Nacho, all involved. Um, but Historic moment, though, for Leicester. Yeah, three on the pitch. The first time they've had more than one involved in one World Cup game. To have three involved yeah. on the pitch at the same time. Is another historic moment for, for Leicester City. That's the positive for the negative for them is if they don't book up their ideas, it could be an early exit for them. Yeah, Nigeria are a team where they are they are inconsistent. You're not quite sure what, what you're going to get from them. They, they can play some brilliant football and be and really exciting and with, the, with the players like Ian Acho and and Nididi and, and Musa, who's got an excellent record for his country. They can perform really well, but sometimes they can have off days, which are real off days. Um, they lost to Croatia, and I hope they go through because they are they're a, they're, an, they're a vibrant team, aren't they? You've seen with the kits and the way they travel and all the and the gear and uh, all that their fans uh, are so they're so uh, jubilant and they bring they bring a colour uh, and a uh, vibrancy to the World Cup, and we'd like to hope that they can put their ideas and get and get through to knockout stages because they're great fun to have and also we've got great interest in them with Leicester. Well, you never know with this World Cup because from what I've seen so far, it's completely and utterly wide open. Yeah. I mean, Russia look the best side at the moment, don't they? And uh, I know Portugal have started particularly well. With, well, Ronaldo started particularly that, well Essentially, yeah. That's it, that's yeah. it. They're, one, they're, they're pretty much a one-man team, aren't they? But it's wide open, isn't it? Yeah. You couldn't pick, up the, you couldn't pick the winner of the Germ- World Cup now. Yeah, No, of course you couldn't. You, you, look, you look at those opening games. I know Portugal and Spain played each other, but neither won, so they both drew their first games. Germany... Lost their first game to Mexico. I who, wouldn't rule them out ever. No, the yeah, they, 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 they start them. slowly, but they they always pick it up. But I thought Mexico were hugely impressive. Um, Colombia lost to Japan. A lot of these big France were frustrating against Australia. Australia, yeah. I mean, a lot of the a, a lot of these big teams, these well, fancy teams, are struggling to break down these dogged, resilient underdogs who. Are there for a point. I mean, we see it in the Premier League all the time, where the, the 
the, the lower teams dig their heels in and sometimes big teams can struggle to break it down. I'm seeing the same on the international stage. I thought, I've been watching it and thinking, you, we could see, we could see a, a relatively unexpected champion because the big teams just haven't got going yet. I mean, they've still got time to get going, but I mean, the standard of football has not been overly great. The big difference has been the goal scorers. I mean, Kane got two for, for England. Ronaldo scored all the goals for Portugal. Diego Costa started well for Spain. Yeah. Those are the sides that are, when the games are really tight. If they've got a goal scorer like that in your ranks, I think you you, you got potentially nicking it, haven't you, and getting through. Yeah, with England is no bigger example of that. In that they were plugging away, toiling away, toiling away, looking a little bit short of ideas, and then as all great players do, or the greatest players do, I'm not saying Hurricane is at the greatest level yet, but when your team needs you, and when the to corner phrase, the chips are down, the big players stand up and Harry Kane was there in the right place at the right time to nod it in. If he can continue that, England will need that going forward. Well, let's hope he can carry that on as well and, and the next podcast we'll be talking about more England success and hopefully more uh, Leicester City signings, ins and outs. So join us next time on Dilly Ding Dilly Dong.